0: Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Hey, hey, guess what? It's the best thing ever. It's the greatest thing. Jesus is alive. Yay! High five, somebody. High five yourself. Yay! Jesus is alive. It changes everything. It changes everything. It makes everything okay. It makes even the things that I know okay, better. And one day they'll be best. It is amazing. Jesus is alive! I'll tell you what, never mind TikTok, I'm off for a run around. Hang on, come back in a minute. Yes, Jesus is alive! This is the best thing ever. When you get this, when you realize it, it just changes absolutely everything. So, Happy Easter! Aren't we living in the most amazing times right now? People are looking. They don't even know what they're looking for, but they're looking and looking for answers. As these videos have been showing people are realising that something huge has happened in our time, but actually something more amazing, something more worldwide, something more um, epic happened 2000, 2020. (laughs) I don't know, some years ago, a couple of millennia ago in history. And yes, it really happened. This isn't just wishful thinking. This isn't just a story. This isn't just a, wouldn't it be nice? And to think about spring and new life coming and bunnies and flowers and all. They're all great. This is real. We believe this actually happened. That people met with Jesus because Jesus is alive. And all those people, even the ones who saw him dead, saw him back to life. And they were like, it's you. And he's like, it's me. Yes. And nothing could change that. Nothing could stop it. And people who were looking for answers after the most terrible tragedy, when they saw their best friend, the one that they believed was the son of God, die, they came back and they found that he is the answer. Now, I've got so many things that happen in the moment in terms of what's happening with church, but people are becoming Christians left, right and centre. People are discovering this now more, I think, than ever. We've just seen this huge amount of people who were looking for answers and finding that Jesus Is the answer that they've been looking for when people are interested maybe you're one of them I did a thing on Good Friday outside the Manchester Royal Infirmary we've had like five six thousand people watching that video and and looking at and thinking about well what really happened on Good Friday thousands of people I'm looking through the list there's all kinds of people my Facebook friends people from years ago people I was at primary school with people I was at high school with People, lots of people I was in the police cadets with and in the police with are, are all kind of engaging and asking and questioning family members, all kinds of people, all kind of wondering in this thing that's making everybody question, looking for answers, well, could Jesus actually be the action, be the thing that I'm looking for? And I saw the other day a friend of mine from the cadets, I've not seen this guy since I was probably, I don't know, in my 20s, but he put a, a question on, quite a tough one, really, about why does God, if, if there's a God, why did he let this, why did he send this coronavirus, etc.? So I I engage with that because I know the guy and he's not somebody who's just been snarky and horrible. He's actually got an honest question. So I got involved with him and other people on this Facebook question and and sent them a couple of links and said some things. And mostly people were kind of polite. Some people were saying, well, you know what, if it gives you hope, if it's all right, you know, it's all right for you. But the fact is with this, this isn't just all right for me. The fact is that it it's just all right for me, it's just some made up story that makes me feel better. Actually, we're gonna see that the Bible says if it didn't really happen, then we're the most pitied among people because we are so deluded to have this hope. But the fact is Jesus is alive. And eyewitnesses saw it and 2000 years on, we still believe it. More people will become Christians today than they did yesterday. And that was, and yesterday more people became Christians than ever in the whole of history. So. I don't have all the answers to all of the questions that came in on that. I'm not pretending to. But I do have one answer, one fantastic answer, just one. But it's the most important answer because it answers pretty much all of the other questions. And here's the answer. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive is the answer. Now, what's the question? Let me read what the uh, eyewitnesses said about it. Mark chapter 16, it says this. When the Sabbath was over. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that might go and anoint Jesus's body. So they're going to the grave. They expect it to be shot. So they expect that the big boulder is gonna keep them out. They expect there's gonna be guards. Nobody's expecting a resurrection. Even though Jesus had predicted it over and over again, they didn't get it. They thought, again, it was a metaphor, it was a picture. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb, very natural question. Huge boulder sealed with the Roman seal to tamper with that seal was itself a death sentence. You couldn't do that. You couldn't break the Roman seal over the tomb. But when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Not so that Jesus could get out. He'd already got out, we find out, but so they could look in, so they could see what had happened. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right-hand side, and they were alarmed. This wasn't Jesus. It appears to be an angel. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene. You know, you've been looking for answers. You've been looking for questions. You've got all these kind of things that are going on about my life and what's happening and what happens next. And You know, if I did die, where would I go? What's going to happen then? The answer is, you've been looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, and he's alive. You are looking for Jesus of Nazarene who was crucified. Yes, he really died. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him and they look and they see and he's not there anymore. But go, tell his disciples and Peter he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you, trembling and bewildered. The women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anybody because they were afraid. Now, Mark's gospel seems to end there. In many translations, you're going to see something that says the rest of this stuff, the rest of the, the, of the gospel... Um, ancient witnesses and some manuscripts don't have it in there and it's a bit like you're not required to believe the rest of of this and but you know to me I kind of to finish the gospel with a bunch of people who are bewildered and afraid and telling nobody it doesn't seem like much of a happy ending I'm going to have a look later on at, at the rest of this and ask you the question where does the gospel end for you where's the, go- the good news end for you how much can you believe is it can you believe that what we've read so far is actually possible to the God who made the universe, who made the laws of the universe, who made life and, and actually rules over death. Could God conquer death? That's the big question. Could God do it? Not could I do it or you do it, but could God do it? Now I believe that Jesus is alive and when I put that on this Facebook feed, another friend from the uh, from, from Facebook uh, days, from years ago, a guy I was in the police with, he commented, a guy called Gary, and he basically said, look, I don't know how you can expect anybody to believe just on the basis of kind of having to believe and, uh, you know, like without any proof. And I replied and I said, Gary, remember, I was a police officer too, like you. I, I looked at the evidence. That's why I believe it's not without proof. But I, you know, you start with an open mind and then you come to an open tomb. Then you start to look into it like they did. Then you start to think about what's the evidence. And I made up my mind on the basis of the evidence. I actually urge you, if you've not done this, to look into it. There's so many people over the years have have set out to disprove the resurrection and ended up themselves becoming believers because they looked at the evidence and then they've done what any fair-minded jury would do. Any fair-minded jury member would do. And on the basis of the evidence, they've rendered the verdict. This happened. Jesus is alive. They tested the evidence like I did. They looked at it. They examined it. But in the end, yeah, there was a step of faith. You have to come to a conclusion. And I looked at the conclusion, not trying my best to believe, not not like the Queen of Hearts having to believe six impossible things before breakfast. It's believing one thing happened. But guess what? If you believe this one thing happened, that Jesus is alive, then you realize that things that are impossible for us, Are possible with God in fact that means if God could do that then he can do anything if God did that he can do everything so now on the basis of believing that impossible thing is possible and it happened and it really happened in history now I look at all kinds of other things that seem impossible and I believe that they can be possible because God is real and he's here so Years ago, a great British uh, writer, you know, you probably heard him, C.S. Lewis, wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. He looked at the claims that Jesus made before the cross and the kind of things that he said and the, the, the things that he was recorded by these eyewitness disciples as saying. And he said, you can no longer write Jesus off when you look at these things. Uh, there's somebody who says that I am uh, I, I am the bread of life. I am the way and the truth of the life, and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Who he, His trial even says to the people who are accusing him, yes, one day you're going to see me coming back to judge you because I am the son of man. Yes, all these things. He said you couldn't write these things off and just say, well, uh, that means he's just a good man. Jesus is a very good man or a philosopher, a kind healer or something like that he said no he says basically you have three options somebody who makes those kind of claims you have to decide they're either a liar or a lunatic or the lord basically they're either mad or they're bad or they're god what do you think when you think about jesus some people actually have gone into that and they've said well i don't even believe any of those things i think i just believe it's just a legend it's just a nice story it's a fiction it's not that these things that we're reading in the in the gospels and not eyewitness account and they'll look at them and say well they're slightly different aren't they but again as an ex-policeman I can tell you you go to a scene of a simple road traffic accident you ask three witnesses to describe it they're all going to come up with slightly different emphasis from their perspective that doesn't mean it is less likely it actually means it's more likely that they're telling the truth these slight differences but there's no material differences in terms of what happened And there's nothing that's going to make you go, oh, wow, uh, this is just made up. And here's the question that I always ask with regard to that. If it didn't happen, and if the disciples in some way just came up with some elaborate scheme in order to be able to convince us, then would you die for a lie? Would you die for something that you knew wasn't true? Because you look through the lives of the apostles and you realize there's 12 apostles and of out of all of them, 11 of them died in the most horrific circumstances as martyrs. They would not recount, they would not say no, it didn't really happen because they, whatever happened, you, could, you know, one of them, we call him Doubting Thomas, they shot him through with arrows. Another one, I can't remember which one it was, they tied one horse going that way, one horse going that way and, they, and, and he's tied with his arms and his legs. And then they said, now, just tell us it didn't happen, that Jesus stayed dead and that you made something up about it. Otherwise, we're going to say, go, and those horses are going to go again. What would you do in that circumstance? if you been part of some plot to make it up? I know what I'd do. I would not want to be pulled like that. I would not want to die like that. I wouldn't die for a lie. These people didn't die for a lie. They, they died believing the truth that when they died, because he rose, they would rise too. It makes sense to be able to, to, to put your trust in something like this. That's why I believe it. All, you know, There's other kind of explanations that people have had over the years. Some people say, um, well, they just swapped the body or, or something. Well, you know, the, or, or it wasn't Jesus who died on the cross. The Islam says that it was Judas who died on the cross instead. That doesn't seem to make, make any sense at all and tie in with anything with me. Some people said, well, the disciples, they hid the body. Um, and 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 then they were going to bring it back or something more. Well, again, why would you die for a lie? Other people say the Roman authorities or the Jewish authorities they hid the body, and uh, they took it away. But again, why would they do that? And if if suddenly this has happened, these people start going around saying he's alive, he's alive. Wouldn't you just produce the body as the evidence that it was all made up? But nobody could find the body, that because because Jesus is alive, and he just kept meeting with these people. And the Apostle Paul says he met with disciple after disciple after disciple after disciple. He kept meeting with them all. And he would walk through the walls. He would just meet with them. He'd meet with doubting Thomas and and convince him. It says at one point he met up to 500 of them at the same time. Imagine a room of 500 people. You can't imagine it now because we wouldn't be allowed to do it. But imagine if Jesus came into the middle of that room and ta-da! I don't think he'd say ta-da, but... He is alive and he met with all these people and they were so convinced. They went around telling everybody, hey, Jesus is alive. It changes everything. So on the basis of believing that Jesus is alive, and by the way, the biggest evidence for me is that I've met him. I met him when I was 21. I met him every day since then. I meet him when I pray. I know his presence. I know his love in my heart. I know he's real because he's my best friend. He's closer than a brother. So yeah, I believe him on the basis of a personal relationship, but I also believe him on the basis of the evidence of the history. And I urge you to read these gospel accounts and come to your own conclusions. This is why I believe it. And, and all of, none of the other explanations add up about, all oh, the disciples hallucinated. Somebody wrote a book once that said they all ate magic mushrooms and had a hallucination. People actually bought the book. I don't even get that. Anybody would, would do that. Um, some people, have, you know, just the most ludicrous things. Some years ago, the BBC ran a documentary that said that they'd found in a grave in Jerusalem three graves. One of them was Mary, and one of them was Joseph, and one of them was Jesus. As if it was like, and this proves the resurrection didn't happen. Well, guess what? They were very common names at the time. They weren't special names. There's loads of Marys, loads of Joseph. And in those days, there was lots of Jesuses. There was nothing special about him, except he said, I'm the son of God. And then he proved it because he died and rose again. So if you can believe that somebody said to me, well, listen, all that stuff about Jesus. If you believe that you can believe anything. And they say it as if it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, it's a great thing. And one of the greatest preachers of all time, Billy Graham, helped me to understand this and helped many other people to understand how amazing this good news is. I just wanna watch this clip as you ponder what this means for you.
1: Yes, Jesus Christ is alive. He rose from the dead in that day, that Easter Sunday morning, that first Easter, when Mary and Mary Magdalene in Siloam went to the grave expecting to anoint a dead body. They saw the angel sitting there. And they said, where is Jesus? The angel said, he is not here, he is risen. I submit to you tonight that that's the greatest news the world has ever heard. He is not here. He has conquered the grave. He's alive. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe that there's more proof that Jesus Christ rose from the dead than almost any fact in Roman history. I don't believe there's a fact in ancient history today so well proven as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But even if there was no proof, no historical proof, no scientific proof, and there is, I would still believe it because I believe this book is God's inspired Word. And the whole early church went up and down the country, preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was the thing that shook the Roman Empire. That a man had risen from the dead. That he was alive. That death could not hold him. Christ is alive. He's a living saviour.
0: So, if you believe this, you can believe anything. that's what it's happened to me since I discovered that Jesus is alive. My faith has grown and grown and grown to believe God for all kinds of other things too. There are situations in the world right now, close to me and far away. that would be absolutely hopeless if I didn't believe that Jesus is alive, that God answers prayer, that God can really do what he says that he can do, that Jesus really is who he said that he is. And Again, perhaps you you find it difficult to be able to believe this. You, you hear the stories about these women and how they met with Jesus, and you kind of think, I don't understand. Uh, you know, how did those women go on to be able to change the world? Why, you know, when Actually, in those days, by the way, women's testimonies counted as nothing. People didn't believe women. Women weren't allowed to even give evidence in court. But isn't it interesting that all of the gospel accounts show that Jesus appeared first to women? Why would you do that if you're making something up? If, you were trying, if I was trying to concoct a story that would get people to change it, I wouldn't finish it with a bunch of bewildered and scared women telling people and nobody believing them. But that, to me, strikes as being really good evidence because it actually happened and nobody made it up. But if you don't accept that, well, how do, you, how do you account for the growth of the church? How do you account for the fact that from those few, suddenly we've had gone to thousands and thousands and, and hundreds of thousands and millions and millions and billions of people who now believe that Jesus is alive see these what happened to the first disciples these scared people who, who disowned jesus who said i don't want anything to do with him no uh, and they ran away when he was being crucified but suddenly they appear bold as lions filled with the holy spirit themselves going uh, to be to be tortured to be killed to be ostracized and cut out of society simply because they said that jesus is alive and we've met with him and and we know that it's real look what happened to the sabbath Jewish people never uh, worshipped on a Sunday like this. It was only after the resurrection they got this day and they said, we're going to make every Sunday, not just Easter Sunday, every Sunday is going to be resurrection day for us. We're going to remember every Sunday that Jesus is alive, that the sun rose again. That's why we celebrate today. All these transformations are only explainable because Jesus is alive. And and then I just want you to look, if you've got your Bible open, to Mark chapter 16 at the end. And it says here, the most reliable early manuscripts and other ancient witnesses do not have Mark 16, 19 to 20. So maybe what we've read so far is just enough for you to be able to believe, to put your trust in the fact that Jesus died and rose again on the basis of the evidence. But guess what? I think God wants to grow our faith. And as I read through this, I see that over the years, I've seen some of these things happen too. And I believe that God can still do them. Whether or not you're going to argue textually that this is correct and that this should be added in, where does your Bible stop? Where does your good news stop? Where would you cut it off? Would you stop it there? Because I don't know I read through. I'm not willing to. It says this, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he'd driven seven demons. She went and told those who'd been with him and, and who were mourning and weeping when they heard that Jesus was alive and she'd seen him they did not believe it again you could cut your bible off there you could say that's where the good news finishes and it is good news but I've seen over the years people who've been oppressed by spiritual powers too strong for them to set themselves free people who've been trapped in addictions people who have been trapped in fear people whose whose life is a living hell because they're just tormented by the things that they've given themselves to and other things that they've worshipped and enslaved them but I've seen such people set free, like Mary Magdalene. Carry on, it says afterwards, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Isn't it interesting, all these times, it stops with people not believing something. Do you believe that Jesus really appears to people and meets with people, that he could meet with you right where you are today? Because I believe that because it happened to me, not on the road to Emmaus, but on a road going through Gorton on the way to Collyhurst in Manchester, Jesus appeared to me and changed everything and met with me because he's alive. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who sent him, who'd seen him after he'd risen. Maybe your reason for not believing is because if it's true, that would mean that God has ownership claims on your life, because actually you'd realize that I am a sinner who needs a savior, that I can't do it myself, and that I've got to come to the cross and receive forgiveness. Maybe it's stubborn refusal to believe, despite all of the miracles, all of the answered prayers, that at the end of it, you just said, oh, that was lucky oh, that was good, or wasn't I clever? Repent of that. That's what the Bible would say. Repent of your pride and come to Jesus and know he died for you because you needed it. His blood needed to be shed so that you could be forgiven. We're going to go into a communion service soon. I urge you to go and get some bread and wine or juice and to be able to join with us in a simple ceremony that Christians have done for years. Because what he did with those people in the road to Emmaus was he broke bread with them. And when, they, when he did that, he looked and their eyes were opened and they were like, wow, this was Jesus all along. We didn't realize Jesus has been with us all along. Jesus has been with you the whole of your life, calling you, bringing, saying, will you come? Will you come? Will you come? And even now through this virus, he's, he's getting you to ask some questions. So then, then the question is, will you come? Will you come? Will you come? Will you know my love? Will you know my peace? Will you know my forgiveness? He said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Is that where the good news ends for you? That's not very good news if you don't believe, by the way. That's not, it isn't about good people and bad people. It's about believing people and not believing people. That's the difference. Which side of that line do you fall on? Will you believe or will you stubbornly refuse to? And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Now, some people say, oh, you're on the crazy juice now, Anthony. If you're kind of saying that this is the stuff that you're going to see, guess what? I've seen just about everything there. I've seen just about everything in there. I've picked up snakes and moved them out of the way when I was in the police in order to get some drugs things because I was given the courage to be able to do that. doesn't mean I'm going to start wrestling with snakes in our services, but you look in the Bible, you see snakes are always... Depicting the the enemy, the, the the Satan, the one who wants to keep you from God, and you have power now because of Jesus to be able to defeat him. And yeah, we speak in new tongues because sometimes there's just so much praise going on inside of us; it has to bubble up. The, who 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 gets to do this stuff? Those who believe in my name, it says, and they will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. I'm praying for so many sick people right now. And I can't put my hands on them physically, but I can do it by faith and say, Lord, put your hands on them. And who are you praying for? Just tell us who you're praying for. Write it down or send us it on Slido, but let us know so we can be praying with you. And then this is how it finishes. But it doesn't finish. You just see it doesn't finish. This is the best bit of all of it. See, how does the gospel finish for you? The good news is the gospel doesn't finish because if we get going, Jesus comes with us. And so we become part of the story, too. Isn't just about me being saved, it's about me joining in with what he's doing. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God, waiting to come back. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them. It's not just me working for him, he works with me, with you, and confirmed his words by the signs. Accompanied it. Jesus is with us by his spirit because Jesus is alive it's the best thing ever so now what's your response are you going to make your own decision you've got to make your own decision today have you looked at the evidence did you come to the open tomb with an open mind if so you can meet with Jesus because he is alive you can meet him right where you are in your home right now you can meet with Jesus he's there and here's what it says here's what the Bible says Whoever believes can be saved. Does that include you? Put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ and you will know his salvation now and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org slash media.